0: In the, in the podcast game. And oh, yeah. It's like in the movie podcast game. You know, when you got nothing to really talk about, like, how much more did we really have to add to The Godfather Part 2?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. We're, we're sitting here watching someone to watch over me and Janice threatening to write a letter to Ridley Scott.
1: <laughs> Mr. Scott, sir. <laughs> like, I know
0: that this is your almost assuredly most forgotten
1: movie. <laughs> like, yeah movie that makes the duelists look like oh, alien
0: no, duelists. the blockbuster hit duelists compared <laughs> to someone to watch over me but yeah it it, it a profound profound reaction from jen on this one yeah it's the world's stupidest cop it the is cra- stupidest cop it you know you you compared him to righteous kill earlier but like was it pacino who was the serial killer Oh, God, I can't. Yes, I it, was. Even... it was. It
1: was. It was Pacino. It was.
0: So whoever wasn't the serial killer, uh, they're the, still the dumbest cop we've Yeah, no, Bobby history. D
1: is, yeah, is, like, hopefully.
0: He's just... my best friend. I can't believe he's a mass murderer. <laughs> yeah, I've known him for 30 years. And I know he loves poetry. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm a good cop? Maybe no, I'm not. I'm a bad cop.
1: I'm a bad cop. I'm so stupid. I'm well, so stupid. Well, no, no, uh, his I think Robert De Niro is a grown-up is the older version of this cop.
0: Yeah, if Mike <laughs> Keegan like found a partner to love and cherish after his divorce clearly after his divorce from Ellie
1: <laughs> far after his yeah cuz this did, yeah. it lasted like a week you know she i'm going to just say she was in the moment you know after the big finale of the movie she shot a guy
0: yeah. we'll get to it yeah we, we'll get to it we don't <laughs> have, have to worry. Worry. and welcome to the award winning <laughs> podcast the academy academy the show that discovers the absolute undeniable and scientifically proven, greatest performance in your favorite actress' esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. I'm Patrick Gremion, and really quickly, just want to say, I would love to have a kitchen where there's just a braid of garlic hanging I, from the this... ceiling. Fabulous, fabulous, kitchen. so good. But was... you know what? I will say, your ass better know how to work a toaster. Welcome to the <laughs> academy. <laughs>
2: So dumb he doesn't know how to work a toaster,
0: <laughs> Oh, we it is Scott Scott Week. It is Neo Noir Week. Ooh. The Scott Brothers Uh three years apart, both decided to make a couple of down and dirty
1: thrillers. Oh man, if you if you like if you like guitar jazz like <laughs> jazz where you think it's a saxophone, but wait, that's definitely a keyboard. this, uh, is-, this is your week.
0: Yes. <laughs> oh no! It was a different movie entirely. There was this part where this guy's like, he puts us. We watched this movie called Spellbinder, it played at the New Beverly's All Nighter the other night. Oh yeah, he puts on some smooth jazz, and he's like, "You like jazz?" <laughs> I was like no, no. Out of here.
2: This sucks, dude. <laughs> yeah,
0: Get out of here with your buddy Rich. <laughs> but yeah, but she like knew it. It was very funny. But no, this week we're of course talking about. 1987, someone to watch over me, and mm. 1990s, revenge. Ooh, Two ooh. erotic thrillers. We will decide, though. Is there any eroticism or are <laughs> is there, there any thrills? <laughs>
2: yeah, are there any thrills? What are these movies? What, what thrills?
0: Movies lacking both.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, but uh,
1: Just, heavy on uh, some goopish energy.
0: Yeah, but it's like after all we've discussed with the Scott brothers, which one do you think is the prude? Oh yeah, I think we can guess which one mm. we're talking about. Mm. <laughs> and the one who wants to have a good time and climb rocks and go on rafting trips. Yeah. His movie actually, uh like goes all in, at the very least. That is true. Although,
1: okay. I will say, like, his movie goes all in. God, I feel insane saying this. I think I did enjoy watching someone to watch over me a little
0: more. I did not. It's not a good movie.
1: It's not good. I don't think it's good. We'll get into why I think
0: I had a better revenge experience than you. That's fair. Yeah, we'll get into it. (laughs) It involves 21 minutes.
1: Yeah, (laughs) a lot of
0: unnecessary plot development. So um, we're going to start things off chronologically as Mm. normally. Last week we left off Ridley Mm. reeling after another tough shoot box Mm. office disaster in legend he started scrambling around, and you know what? He got the sense that you know, it's hot right now. You know, what my buddy Adrian Line is kicking ass with right now <laughs> ETs erotic thrillers. <laughs> ET phone home, and so Ridley was looking for something more grounded. He also yeah. wanted to shoot on location, mm-hmm. which they actually do quite well in someone mm-hmm. to watch over me. He started scouring for scripts. Interesting fact, one of the scripts that he had his paws on, his was dirty paws. <laughs> mm, yeah, his slimy paws. was a script entitled Johnny Utah about an FBI agent who infiltrates a gang of bank robbing surfers. sound familiar oh wow oh my goodness as it should because only a scant few years later after ridley ended up passing on johnny utah the renamed and reimagined point break was released by Catherine bigelow i don't think it would have been as fun no (laughs) i'm gonna call that right now sight unseen yeah, we're gonna <laughs> say
1: bullet dodged.
0: Yeah, bullet dodged <laughs> for, for, for like the world, for culture, the, for culture. Yes, yeah. popular culture, popular <laughs> culture one. Yes, <laughs> that one. Oh but he, that's the kind of style he was looking for. He was looking for a you know, cop movie, thriller, romance. And one of the big things, too, was that he had basically been accused of someone who enjoyed set design more than performance mm. by this point. A uh, legend in Blade Runner. You know, if you felt like not being the most generous person to Ridley Scott's career, that's an argument you could make. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, not right really there.
1: much of a character to uh, Jacko Green. Not really, like, yeah, not a yeah. lot of d- depth, you know, for better or for worse. And maybe and some you of can that's see purposeful. It,
0: you can see it in their, per- their kind of performances where they're a little confused all the way through. <laughs> yeah,
1: like, am I, like, a you know, a, a, an angelic puckish figure? Am I, like, a, am I someone who has never committed a sin? Am I, like, a little stinker? I don't know. So, really, Scott's
0: at a party. In the mid mid eighties, he gets it. cornered by a screenwriter by the name of Howard Franklin, who was, I believe, a Blade Runner fan.
1: Interesting. At this
0: point in his career, Howard Franklin had done edited, uncredited work on Romancing the Stone and written The Name of the Rose. Working screenwriter. Okay. In the game. In the game, he um he he corners Ridley and pitches him this entire story of someone to watch over me. Mm-hmm. And Ridley's like, sounds good, mate. <laughs> let's have it a pint or something. Yeah, <laughs> Something British. <laughs> let's, let's go.
1: Let's go hang out with my friends Billy Barty and Cork.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so
0: uh, he, as we know, Ridley loves working with screenwriters rather than um, putting the pen to ink himself, mm-hmm. which is fine. Yeah. He he sees a demarcation between the jobs, which is totally groovy. Um, and Howard Franklin began putting together what became someone to watch it over me. Interesting thing about Howard Franklin is that a great deal. of The rest of his career has been collaborating with Bill Murray. He did quick change larger than life and the man who knew too little with Bill Murray. So he was oh. kind of one of Bill Murray's in-house guys.
1: Those are like the, the off Bill Murray's those are like the lesser bit.
0: Miller's quick, quick yeah. change is a very interesting one that he also co-directed with Bill Murray and mm. the only directorial film from Bill Murray. But the, what they came up with was Someone to Watch Over Me, uh, the film stars Tom Berenger, Mimi Rogers, Lorraine Bracco, Jerry Orbach, Andreas Katsoulis, who many of you will recognize as the one-armed man from The Fugitive. <laughs> Where's that Yeah, he got his arm back! Yeah, he somehow got his damn arm back. Good I for kept, him! I kept calling him the one-armed man. Jen's like, he's got two arms in this movie.
1: Oh, it'd be, uh, See, this um, is another
0: missed opportunity. Could have lost an arm at the end of this movie. And so, um, but you know, he Ridley did bring in a couple of script doctors to mm. do a, a few touches on it, including Danilo Block, Bach, noteworthy of the Beverly Hills Cop films, came in and did a little bit of a punch up on there, as did a screenwriter by the name of David Seltzer, which sounds like a like Mr. Show character name.
1: <laughs> oh, man,
0: that does sound like a Mr. Show. I'm gonna. But oh his career God. goes all the way back to doing uncredited rewrites on the Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka movie. He wow. Wrote the o- he wrote the Omen series, quite a bit of the Omen okay. series.
1: not looking at the well, Wikipedia page, just pulling this out of my th- head. I think he directed Punchline, am I right or am I you're wrong? You're
0: absolutely right.
2: <clears> yes. Still got Patrick. it, still uh, got it. You
0: know, remember when I was like, I, I called out that Francois Truffaut thing Yeah, in, uh, Legend, uh, similar. Very similar like true. Apple, a, yeah, true. a couple of
1: cinema cinema heads
0: Ooh,
1: here got my little film actor hat on
0: and um so you know Scott's really and so he kind of has to put together a smaller picture a more mm-hmm. contained picture kind of a more sure thing he, okay in Ridley's mind mm-hmm. um casting relatively simple in this one it you know kind of is what it is um our 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 great one of one of our academy academy fave tom Berenger, was cast on the strength of his performance in platoon interesting ridley was, ridley was a platoon fan um film was a box office disappointment
2: mm-hmm. budgeted
0: at 12.8 million box office 10 million the has on rotten tomatoes a 65% huh consensus stating Its plot is sometimes hard to swallow, but some fine acting and director Ridley Scott's stylish flair make someone to watch over me an engaging police thriller. Ebert gave it two stars out of four. Mm. He said, there is something fundamentally wrong with the script in which a hero sleeps with the wrong woman. I'm not talking here in moral terms, but in story terms. Ooh. The makers of this film got so carried away by their high concept that they missed the point of the whole story. He did, however, praise Lorraine Bracco for playing her role with great force and imagination. Vincent Canby of the New York Times said, Nothing that happens to these three characters is moving or even exciting. Oh, Vincent. <laughs> keep the movie going until its absurd ending,
2: <laughs> the character Mandy.
0: of the murderer has changed mystery from an ordinary round the mill New York mobster into a crazed psychotic. <laughs> yeah. Vincent you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do my best, Tom Berenger, and uh, and
1: someone to watch over Ooh. me impression.
2: Vinny, come on, Vinny.
0: <laughs> the um, e- uh, Siskel, the mm. other thumb to uh, Ebert, gave it one and a half. Called it a dull thriller. Damn. He said the two main characters are both stiffs, as individuals and as a couple. The only lifelike character is the detective's wife, Lorraine Bracco, who steals the movie in a charming, supporting role. Yeah, best part of the movie by Pauline Colleen Kale observed that Scott has put so much morbid, finicky care into this silly little story, he's worried the fun out of it. Oh, damning, Mm. damning. All of those ring fairly true. Yes, yeah, I'm with like the... let's let's tell the audience a little bit about the story mm-hmm. of someone to watch over me. Tom Beringer is Detective Mike Keegan, <laughs> just promoted in a I wild opening sequence after the beautiful, um, actually beautiful helicopter shots of the city. Oh, it rolled. It was was... Open and gorgeous. Yeah, very it, it... very very slick.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He's having a. <sighs> we could only be deemed me our lovable idiot friend finally got a promotion we should give him a party <laughs> yeah
1: party. <laughs> the dumbest guy on the force finally the made it the dumbest
0: guy on the force the sweet nature goon <laughs>
1: it is like it's comparable to in tommy boy when tommy boy finally graduates college after like 20 years or whatever 7
2: so years
0: imagine the movie tommy boy <laughs> except the movie thinks he's cool like the the makers and like how it's designed but he behaves exactly like tommy boy oh man
2: we're not too
0: far off to what we're getting here
1: yeah it's like if tommy boy grew up in new york because he probably would be more like i'm walking here than shikis if he had grown up in new york instead of wisconsin
0: yeah he's like an outer borough goon of the highest order oh my god he's such Um, a guy with coconuts for brains yeah He's, he's sweet natured, but he's dumb as, a, he dumb as like, a box of nails.
1: Yeah, he <laughs> is like, there's like a sweet, because there is like a sweet, but he's, yeah, he's just, he well, should he... because
0: Behringer, at least in my opinion, I think yours as well, is an inherently likable guy. Yeah. Like, you like, like, I like watching him in movies. Mm-hmm. This is one of my least favorite Behringer roles, I think. Oh, totally. I, I don't mean... know if it's his fault entirely, but I think I just didn't buy it at all. I think yeah, that's totally
1: <laughs> fair. It's like because it's it's such a bummer too. Because like I buy like so the scenes in the beginning where he's like a a dad with Lorraine. Well, yeah,
0: this party scene is the most authentic scene in the entire movie. Yes, it is downhill from here. Yeah, yeah. Because meanwhile, oh no, at oh, we can only be described as a Ridley or Tony Scott styled house slash nightclub. The only <laughs> the only place where these exist are in Scott brothers movies. <laughs> We meet socialite Claire Gregory, Gregory. seemingly infinite amounts of money, Mm -hmm. different milieu. Oh yeah, she's like she's like a royalist
1: aristocracy, down to constantly being surrounded by like classical music.
0: (laughs) Yes, yeah. Oh my god, Jen was like like actively vocally rolling her eyes in that scene where she was listening to opera like at decibel bursting levels. (laughs) Same. Uh, She's played by Mimi Rogers, who I you know. She's fine. Don't know her too well. I kind of knew her as Tom Cruise's ex first wife. Most this, of all. I, I think <laughs> she's. I'll I'll erase this if this is wrong. I think she is the person that introduced Tom she Cruise. To yes, Ooh. you don't need to. You don't need to erase. No, that. no, That's no. Facts. She uh, <laughs> she unlocked. She, you know, I. You know that. You know they unlocked the box in Hellraiser. <laughs> oh kind of, no!
1: Kind of the vibes. <laughs> Mimi, you're the stinker of the week. Although, hate to say it.
0: Tom Cruise, did you see? I saw. Uh, this guy put up that this video he did for the movie theater owners this past summer where he was talking about how movies are back and he's just hanging off of a biplane doing the entire thing. Like oh he's God. just like, we gotta go back to the movies. And then like he's like hanging a a thousand It's like this man is such a brilliant psycho psycho. He he lives in the air like a sky pirate now. I know. Yeah <laughs> he, Oh, he's amazing. What a wild what a like when there's no more worlds to conquer, you end up like Tom Cruise for <laughs> just jumping off of things to seeing if you'll die. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: yeah, you're just like trying to, you're just, you're just double dog daring the Lord.
0: Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> so who's going to smite me? Nobody has yet.
1: <laughs> I am unconquerable.
0: But anyway, so she's yeah. at a party and an art show mm. sponsored by one of her oldest friends. The aptly named, what a wonderful social, uh, rich asshole name, Wynn Hawkins. Uh, Mark Moses, great yeah, small great, role, bit role. Great small role. Um, he, and she shows up with her uh, boyfriend, just yes, true next level stick in the mud, oh, Neil God, Steinhardt. God, yeah, one of the best
1: flapses we've had in a while. Pure uh, flaps. Uh,
0: uh, pure. Yeah, he's his flaps energy is 10 out of 10 yeah so then, but then the one arm man shows up. Joey God. Benza.
1: yeah, like he's the yeah less of a mobster. I think he's like so, a
0: Batman villain. I'm reading this off of one of the descriptions here online, and I did not know this. I watched the movie. He's angry at Wynn because Wynn had not come to him to borrow money for his new art studio. What? Is this a murderous offense? <laughs> no. Because in someone to watch over me it is. Yes. One arm man stabs the hell out of win. It's actually pretty good. It's a pretty good sequence. Yeah, it cuts his throat. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty rough. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. Well, no, it's not the last rough moment. There's actually when when his TJ gets his shot in the head in the kitchen. That's that's quite a moment too. But don't worry,
1: we'll TJ may survive. I
0: can't believe I can... oh god we're jumping ahead we gotta... there's so much in this movie it's jaw dropping oh. insane Claire witnesses is killing though folks mm. she's a prime witness mm. she screams spot of gets in the elevator back in time police are called in guess who gets their first case as a detective oh god that's sorry. right detective dummy <laughs>
1: detective ding <laughs> dong yeah detective <laughs> G- detective goofus yeah he is he just he got he just left the highlights
0: department the part, so his um his superior officer lieutenant garber is played by jerry orbach who hmm. who we know carries a bit of an authority yeah to him. he already has a look on his face when berenger shows up of like i may have made a mistake in assigning sweet nature detective mike <laughs> this one he,
2: he might he's be a little like, over
0: his
1: head he's kind of like the department's Lenny Smalls maybe I should
2: he's,
0: he's the kind of guy that's like hey Mike can you watch her for a second sure then he gets distracted by like a sparkler firework and lets her walk away oh I wonder <laughs> what happens when I put oh, this
1: full fork in the
0: oh my <laughs> gosh you got so much good food here
1: <laughs> just eats a garlic like an apple
0: uh, oh I can't believe you didn't do that in the kitchen with that garlic so basically our storyline is and i think you could probably telegraph it claire's being hunted Mm -hmm. and uh, along with a couple other cops mike is set up to do round the clock
2: security
0: Mm. for claire until they can um capture venza and she can do a positive id on him um which leads to a lot of time away from home. And his wife, Ellie. And his son, Scotty. Mm. Um, Ellie is played by Le- Lorraine Bracco. From, obviously, as many good Sopranos. Mm. Among other things. She is a spitfire. She's wonderful in this movie. She's yeah. the only person who seems to like have thought. And developed a full character. Yeah. Here. Um, and But it's unfortunate for the plot line of the movie. Because as both of us agree. She's a lot more appealing than Claire. In yes! pretty much every way. And um, <laughs> so, but if you know anything about movies and you know what this is called and you know that they've been thrown together, is dumb, dumb Detective Mike going to start some, some feeling some movement in his drawers about such so like Claire Gregory? <laughs> She's like, oh, what's happening? I don't know. Yeah, and is she going to just treat him like, she would, like, going on vacation. She's a tourist. She wants to sleep with a low-income guy. That is, yeah, yes. 100%. That's what's happening here completely. The And this is this leads to, actually, my biggest issue with the movie. On a thematic level, you have a really good opportunity here
2: mm-hmm. for a
0: class film that they kind of skim the surfaces on, and they Usually. don't dig deeper on... You've got this very rich woman who just lives this life beyond all belief. You've got this who's thrown this guy who's kind of like a you know jock slob. Yep. Uh middle class at best kind of guy. He talks about how the neighborhood's going to shit, of course. Clearly oh, yeah. Yeah. clearly yeah. voted clearly voted for Trump twenty years from now. Oh, <laughs> for sure, yeah. And there's some interesting dynamic there, but they keep it really surfacy. Everything is really like on the surface, which does not help the arguments that really Scott at this time was getting of being kind of a surfacy <laughs> director. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of, you know, go through the motions. They try to track the guy down. There's a few chases, but most of the chases are because Detective Mike literally like gets like distracted by caviar the first time he's ever seen that in his life. oh no
2: oh gosh no
0: it's like drinks it's drinks he shouldn't even be having a drink He shouldn't be having a drink on the job
1: yeah and he like just like lets this he does so many things he lets her walk
0: away all the time yeah he's he's just terrible but the other thing too is none of the other guys that are assigned to her i mean he's the only one who sleeps with her spoiler but the other cops are not good yeah, Either. I mean
1: it's so funny because like they talk in the beginning about how Coons is kind of like a heel, mm-hmm. and like he's turns out to be easily like the the best of the three. The third, the guy who ends up dressing up as uh, Claire or, or whatever. Although that ooh. idea is fucking stupid. Very too. <laughs>
0: uh, very Nighthawks. Similar <laughs> thing happens in Stallone, Billy D. Williams film Nighthawks. Ooh, ooh. There's a little disguise happening. I think so. That Stallone does. <laughs> and, oh.
1: <laughs> I think Stallone needs to make a call to Ridley. I think I know.
0: Ridley know. Stallone I,
1: some uh, I, some.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know. I think I would have been a lot better as Mike. That is dumb. Yeah, <laughs> I would have been a good Venzo. I would have made sense as a character. I know. Yeah, and so Venzo at first. So <sighs> Venzo a gangster who knows all these rich high society people. He wants to go in on art, then all of a sudden he slaughters Win, and <laughs> then, yeah, and then he just turns into freaking dime-a-dozen crazy man.
1: He's just, like, he's not even, like, a character. He's, like, a, a malevolent entity.
0: Yeah, and, but we don't know what he does or who he works for. Like, I mean, it's actually not nearly as confusing as any of the background of anyone in, that, in the, our next movie, which none of that makes any sense the background of anyone in that movie but so, oh, for sure <laughs> we'll get there um, and you know kind of cat and mouse kind of stuff but mike's not very good at it and um somehow venzo venza gets to know who mike is so that brings lorraine and um scotty into the mix his pos- potential hostages um all leading up to this ending where Lorraine has had some wonderful scenes really dressing down Tom about his indiscretions. Yeah. Everyone everyone thinks Tom is an idiot. He gets mm-hmm. caught immediately. Everyone's on to him. Like there's no there's no secrecy. Everyone's like, what are you doing? And can you believe he goes back to her after he gets caught? So fucking stupid. And Claire's a zero man. And and, you know, he, he just wants to... T- like, it would have been interesting to see him like have a taste for the high life.
2: Yes! Like,
0: and, like, just express that a bit. Like, it's a secret desire of Detective Mike to be in this high society. Mm-hmm. But we don't ever get... We don't know what he, all he seems to be... He seems... Well, he's just leading with his... Ding dong. Not his brain.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it, well, and it's like... What bums me out about this movie is that they had, like... I think this movie I would have been more palatable had Lorraine Bracco just permanently left him. Yeah. Like, if he had, like, actually had repercussions for his actions. Yes. Uh, and then this movie could have become a tragedy because I I really like Tom Barringer's performance in this movie as this really... Just this big, stupid guy who's the type of dude who, like plays he's like a 30 year old man that still plays hockey with his peas
0: you
2: know
1: you know what I mean he's kind of like a man
0: child so weird that part yeah reminding me of that yeah there's a sequence in the film where he's she like walks in on him and he's got he's like playing with his food and they're all like hockey players yes it's it's insane then there's this other part where the maid asks him if he can work a toaster. He's like come on I can work a toaster and he promptly like lights his sandwich on fire
1: yeah he's so out of place and out of out of his element and like
0: had well, the, they... the movie can't describe can't decide if they want to be cool guy which is you kind of have to be cool guy in this but it's a far mm-hmm. more interesting story like you're getting at this guy who is in over his head yeah like
1: or a guy who thinks he's a cool guy but he's just a cool guy in a small pond yeah and then you yeah then, yeah.
0: yeah that's also interesting too if you show him to be like like she kind of is the most popular guy at that party and then he's a loser
1: yeah like he didn't. He did. Like he peaked in high school. That type yeah. of element.
0: Yes. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Like you could see Ben Affleck playing this part. Yeah. Yes. Uh, like a future iteration.
1: Yes. And they. And yeah. They botch it in the end. It's a. Uh, it's. It is frustrating. I well, now I hate this movie more than Revenge. I think after uh, the more I think about it. I was.
0: We'll get to it. But I'll say it right now. At least Revenge is fun. Yeah, <laughs> like, that is true. <laughs> but uh, and this movie's not that fun. It's. You know, it's not that exciting. And then Mm-mm. when he and Claire have sex, it's like off camera. Oh and yeah, there's no titillation at all in this movie. <laughs> like,
1: and it's it's an erotic thriller without eroticism or thrills.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's just, I can't believe Siskel didn't have that one up his sleeve. His... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like an easy. Come on, Siskel, you drop the goes, ball. Hanging fruit, we we'll give it to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> come on. But, but yeah, so like at the end. It all kind of climaxes. All of our characters are together, and um, you know, just get to it. He begs for his forgiveness. Oh, I do want to say. Well, he begs for his forgiveness. We're screaming at the TV like it's uh, Ellen Burstyn and Gene Wilder in Thursday's game, screaming, "No, Lorraine, stay away from this idiot. Leave him." She takes his ass back, but and it was it was disappointing. Jen was very, very upset. Oh, she's sucked. like, "What the fuck is this movie?" Yeah, it, it leaves it was a just bitter a trail to a very strong female character in Lorraine. Yeah, who it's just... Ridley also said that if he had discovered her earlier, she probably would have made a, a nice uh, Ripley. If she she would. was a few years older.
1: Yeah, she yeah. would have crushed it. It's yeah, she is like yeah, she's definitely the best part. I think like God, I, w-
0: I want to bring up this scene where she's getting in his face mm-hmm. and he cries. Yeah, which is phenomenal. That part that's rules. actually a great thing. Yeah, see, that's you don't see, you don't see that. I was surprised. I was like, oh, cool choice. That's see, I think that's why I, I like this
1: movie a little more, at least initially, just because there are like
0: real moments. You, like, when, like, like yeah, when he... revenge is not about human life whatsoever. This no. one is making some that va- like vague attempts at it. And I think it's an amazing choice to have him cry. Yeah, when he's begging for begging for forgiveness and stuff like that.
1: Oh, and then like when he she punch, she punches him, mm-hmm. and number one, the sound effect for the punch—it's like her hand is made of concrete. It kind of rolls.
0: That's awesome. But like,
1: yeah, but it's also like yeah, he like you genu- you genuinely feel like he realizes in that moment that he. Is such a huge fuck up. Like he yeah. he, he he's lost everything, and the movie is, Which
0: is like why it's insane. He goes back to Claire and sleeps with her again. Yeah, a hundred percent.
1: Yeah, it's like a total betrayal of that moment.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's I think that that was like would put me over the line on this movie of being like, and mm-hmm. th- it's too bad because I was really with this one in particular hoping for like a groovy like thriller that I that oh cool neat find kind yeah. of yeah you know from like this like the same year I could give you an alternate neo noir here from um the exact same year a film called The Bedroom Window with Steve Gutenberg and Isabelle Huppert. you never thought they were ever in a movie together they were and it's a <laughs> neo noir thriller from Curtis Hanson who directed River Wild that supplies both the eroticism, and the thrills that you're mm-hmm. looking for. So check that one out. There's a good lost one if you want an alternate year from the yeah. same year.
1: I saw, uh, like, um, I watched like a movie recently that was uh, it was like Rob Lowe and he's like on a boat. Uh, what was it called? Is I'm it looking- Bad Influence? I think it might be Bad Influence. Uh. That's another,
0: um. That's another Curtis Hanson.
1: Oh, <laughs> really? Uh, let me just double check a uh, mas- no, it's Masquerade.
0: Masquerade, yeah. Curtis Hansen yeah. did do. Um, But, yeah.
1: But that's like a fun... That movie's more fun than this one. Like, watch... And that one's steamy, too. It has Meg Tilly and yeah. Kim Cattrall. Like, yeah. No, there's-, there's like a dime a dozen of, like, adequate erotic thrillers. What you're
0: looking for in these kind of films, though, is lots of cool twists mm-hmm. and thrills, some surprising violence, and a little bit of titillation. Let's be yeah. honest. And this movie's kind of lacking. Uh, a couple of moments of surprising violence, but lacking. And twist no twists. Not at all. No twists in this movie. It's a pretty linear movie. And uh, what a bummer. Like, especially with a title like this, someone to watch over me. It feels like it's a mystery. Like who like and I I think one of the disappointing things too is that we we know who the bad guy is all the yes. way. Through. Like, yes, there's no mystery element to it. And, and he's
1: such a one dimensional because, like, you know, say what you will about, like, the reality of revenge or lack thereof. Like, mm. at least like Anthony Quinn, there are compelling ac- a- aspects to him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. probably partially because Anthony Quinn is such a talented actor.
0: Yeah. He's an ama- Yeah. Like one of the one of the best ever. <laughs> yeah. And he, get, and he
1: just and he just gets more like, yeah, like because Andre, like what a man. He's a good actor, too. I like yeah. him and stuff. He's fun in Babylon 5. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, but like uh, he just is just, he's not, he's not a real character. He's it's just not an his entity. Fault.
0: It's not his fault. No. Yeah, like, what if, like, it's high society, and there's a big, like, conspiracy within the rich. Like, like a true detective, you kind of type oh. thing. And, yeah, because, like, Woody Harrelson's guy in True Detective is not that much, he's a better detective than Behringer, but he can't keep it in his drawers, and mm. he gets into all sorts of trouble. Like, he could
1: have done something like that. Yeah, and, like, oh
0: God, it's such a... Because, like, the movie is so beautifully shot. Yeah, it's uh, a really like, good-looking yeah. movie. we got to give both Ridley, of course, and Stephen B. Poster, who did the cinematography, big ups yeah, for yeah. that one.
1: That's like a good name I've never heard before. That's interesting. I feel like that's not, like, a... a uh... A cinematographer he's worked with frequently, but he yeah, he's done like some really he does some really great work in this and I love how they shoot the like the mansions truly feel like you're walking through like uh, like uh, like uh, like a like the, like, the, like the the summer castle of a Habsburg yeah. or something. And they so... should
0: have been um titillating and scary to Berenger, but he and his cop friends just do bits. They're goofing they go, they're goofing around and it just makes it like it should feel yeah. It should feel like going to um, the alien planet.
2: Yeah. In, um,
0: alien. Like oh. something like that.
1: Yeah, almost unnerving. Yeah, and I and though I do love TJ. TJ is a fun. Yeah. Like, kind of goofy his little goofy dances and like yeah, but like it's
0: absolutely blasted in the face too. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, it's the, a... in perhaps the most thrilling sequence in the film, the um, fake jogger sequence which oh. i i dug i actually did dig that as an idea of sending in an assassin at, dressed as a tenant of the building to get access to the building and then sneaking in to assassinate claire i thought that was good um but that was kind of the last of it just there was this movie was not particularly surprising Mm-mm. um the characters are kind of duds especially mm. like when like you said it earlier Lorraine is so much more compelling than Claire.
2: Yeah.
0: It's just, and I bet on an honest day, Mimi Rogers probably pissed off about that.
1: Like Honestly.
0: the time they shot this, and it was like, she's stealing the damn movie.
1: She doesn't <laughs> get, well, That's like they just don't give her a lot, like they should have given her more traits than.
0: Well, I think it's a terrible thing, but it happens in so many other movies. The Lorraine Bracco character would have been like shrill and shrew and dumpy. in every other movie which is not good but that's usually what this character is like to give detective mike oh look at this other babe who's cool and buys me ties and stuff like that (laughs) but like Lorraine Lorraine is like funny and kind of sexy and like he will fix your car yeah she seems like a good she'll shoot people she
1: does yes (laughs) she'll shoot them in the dick she's really good at that yeah (laughs)
0: like she's an exciting person yeah she's cool and And it's such a good performance and it's just but it's also like it's such a good performance it kind of steamrolls the story of the movie yeah in its own way because Behringer's so low-key and so is mimi rogers that kind of like all the actions at home tom you don't need to go to manhattan
1: yeah hang out with your kid trip on a skateboard a couple times
0: you know, yeah, they've got like fun moments. It's like, and I, I see what really was going for. He was going for Grounded. He was going for character. He was going for human life in this movie. Yeah. I just think that maybe the script wasn't there.
1: Yeah. I, I think I, I agree with, I, I agree with that. I think like it is just like, yeah, it's just, it's such a bummer. Cause you had this like beautiful home and he could have like, you know, uh, it's just, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. It's a I shame. I
0: think The other thing too, um, if your movie isn't going to be, like, thrilling and, like, like The Fugitive as, like, a really tight thriller, mm-hmm. then it better be weird and funny, like Thief of Hearts. Yes. <laughs> like, that is- or-
1: the Thief of Hearts is, I can't believe I'm saying this, I think Thief of Hearts I prefer, I may prefer to both of these movies. I, I-, I definitely
0: prefer it to this one. But there there are some interesting things in the next one. But yeah, essentially, you know, 1987, like we mentioned before,
2: mm-hmm.
0: this movie also does not do particularly well No, at the box office. And um, so Ridley is really, you know, I was realizing it earlier today, thinking about it, man, he was kind of in the woods for a long time in the 80s. Yeah, this was a, this
1: is a bad uh, this is not an auspicious uh, run here. run.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. This is not this is not great for him. I could imagine he was kind of sweating a bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's still doing huge commercial work and so forth. But um, what he decides to do next, which we'll be covering in two weeks time. Hmm. He basically doubles down on the flashy cop drama neo-noir with 1989's Black Rain with Michael Douglas, <sighs> which we'll talk about in two weeks. I will
1: but... say, my, my, my grandpa, I've always, he had like a big VHS collection, and that was like the movie. It felt like the forbidden VHS movie.
2: Well, it was okay, the one we'll, movie,
0: we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it now, but we can talk about it later too, the cover to Black Rain. I thought it was, yes, I remember it as a kid too. I only yeah. saw it pretty recently mm-hmm. and for the first time. So this would be my second time seeing it, but for all of the when I seeing it in 1992 and thinking it's like super badass and ooh, Michael Douglas is cool. When you watch it, you're like, "Oh, this is like a 47 year old man's vanity project." <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like,
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, he's like, Houser, he's, yeah. he's wings hausering.
0: He, with none of Wings' energy. Nah, he doesn't have, yeah, he doesn't have the joie de vivre of a Wings. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> One can yeah,
0: only hope the, to have the, that. The, the absolute lust for life of Wingshauser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's an interesting run, and, you know, we'll get to it in a bit here, but kind of all leading up to 1991 Thelma and Louise, which kind of firmly replaces Brings Ridley back into the A-list level directors, and then some. Yeah, but I, you know, we got a few more, few more walks in the woods. Yeah, <laughs> well,
1: it should give like filmmakers hope. Like, it's like it kind of reminds me in a way, like never like count anyone out because yeah, Ridley Scott was kind of like shooting blanks for like almost a decade. Yeah, and it but- took him. Yeah, it took him like until uh, or at least like commercially. And it mm-hmm. took him until Thelma and Louise to, like, get, like, back on track. So, like, you know, you have people that will, like, give, like, an M. Night Shyamalan guff.
0: And, you know, and I think M. Night Shyamalan has already turned that corner. Yeah, completely. oh, hugely. I think yeah. that, that people have realized, you know, he's, like, you know, he was, he was his stuff was kind of, like, oh, twist again or whatever. But he's an excellent filmmaker. His movies are entertaining as hell. Old is a lot of fun. I yeah, was team old. Like, yeah. He's, he's um he's an excellent filmmaker, mm-hmm. and he's a you know crazy man on top of it. Yeah, but you know what I've noticed too is though, as Ridley, though, in this time period is really like scrambling around in the dark kind of searching for his voice, mm. you know, as an artist, I mean, he's got a great you know, he'll tell you he first tell you, I've got a great eye, one of the greatest eyes you'll ever know, and he does have a great eye. Mm-hmm. He does his attention to detail, his style. Impeccable. Wow. Um, in terms of who he is, though, mm. when you watch these movies, do you know what he like cares about, what he believes in? I think with our next movie, though, is Tony Scott's first true step in saying exactly who he is. <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> He loves dogs.
0: He is a man. Of appetites and aggression. And <laughs> at the only thing that he gives one shit about is entertainment. Mm-hmm. And a good freaking time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he likes <Yeah>. romps,
0: <laughs> Yeah. And which, of course, he's coming off of, unlike Ridley, two absolutely smash hits in a row. Top Gun and Beverly Hills Cop Part 2. But he's looking to expand his wings as well. But the thing about Tony... Tony, what makes him freaking rule, Mm. he's not pretentious. No. At all. He does not care about (laughs) saying something meaningful about society.
1: He's not aspiring to any. Like he's just making a movie about he wants like to
0: do cool stuff. Yeah, he he's wants like cute, beautiful people doing cool stuff. It's like mean people doing mean things. And yes, and this one is like uh, the author of the book we've been reading about Tony Scott puts this with um the fan and true romance as kind of his nasty trilogy. Oh, interesting. Like about more nihilistic behaviors. Mm-hmm. Like. Movies like Top Gun are unstoppable. It's about heroes.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: there are no, no heroes in the world of revenge. 1990. Romantic action thriller. That's one way of putting it. Yeah. Um, fourth film, directed by our guy, our guy Tony Scott. Um, directed by Tony Scott. Written by Jim Harrison and Jeffrey Allen Fiskin, based mm-hmm. on the novella Revenge by Jim Harrison. Produced by Stanley Rubin and Hunt Lowry. Um, Also um, unnamed here, but Ray Stark, an important figure in this story, is one of the producers. Um, Executive produced and starring Kevin Costner. Uh, Also starring Anthony Quinn, Madeline Stowe, Sally Kirkland. Um, God-tier performance from Miguel Ferrer. Oh movie. Cool Dude Alert on Red Alert for cool guys. I love
1: (laughs) it when this movie becomes almost like some sort of like Chaucer, like it just becomes like these episodes where he just hangs out with
0: weird dudes. Super episodic movie. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Thomas Million plays Caesar, um, the number one bodyguard. Mm. He's in all these spaghetti westerns and Italian police movies in the sixties and seventies. True crazy man in those movies, like this movie Almost Human. Yeah. <laughs> great, great title. Nasty ass movie. Um he's also in a really good one called The Big Gun Down with Lee Van Cleef. Um Ooh. couple of Academy Academy All-Stars, including one Hall of Famer, John Leguizamo. Yes. In this one, and our favorite baseball coach. Lou Brown himself, <laughs> James Gammon yeah, the... as the titular Texan. Oh, God. Ooh. Cleveland's not doing well right now walks in who just stumbles stumbles doesn't walk in he stumbles into this movie turns it on its head takes over the damn movie for 10 minutes <laughs>
1: <laughs> and just kind of shuffles the mortal coil long smiling history
0: to this film
2: mm-hmm.
0: novella was published in 1979 along with another novella by james harrison i know it legends mm. of the fall same same book oh wow um both esquire published uh legends of the fall in their magazine in january 1979 public absolutely went batshit so they published revenge in may of 79 Mm -hmm. and uh warner brothers promptly bought the script rights and hired harrison to write the screenplay um interestingly enough huge dream project for quite a while for jack nicholson he wanted to yeah. play the guy. Yeah,
1: I read that. Yeah, yeah,
0: and you know, I you, you see huge names in the mix here. Um, John Houston is a possible director. Orson Welles is a possible director. Uh, Welles would have made a great Anthony Quinn. Yes, he would have. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Walter Hill did some work on the screenplay. Oh, he'd do it fun. He'd be fun. This is very yeah. This is very much up Walter Hill's alley, especially mm-hmm. like seventies. 80s Walter Hill, um, so by the mid 80s, Costner had read it, and Costner had already had dreams, directorial dreams,
2: mm. and he
0: wanted to make Revenge, his directorial debut. Oh wow! Producer Ray Stark, mm. though not known, he 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 produced kind of more known for kind of. Stuff of like he produced like West Side Story and Annie and the Smoking the Bandit and yeah, Smoking the Bandit and uh, kind of like classy, classy works
1: or like at the very least, like more like family friendly, perhaps, family friendly or
0: classy, but just generally like not residing in a trashy gutter. Mm, yes yeah. this is the final project product here yeah it's, uh, <laughs> yeah his movies were not mean <laughs> yes his movies were not mean and nihilistic both of which you could argue are this movie mm-hmm. um but he kind of talked costner out of um out of directing it and i guess <laughs> briefly that they brought in john houston and the two and costner and houston met and houston was not impressed with kevin costner whoa so he walked um R- then uh, jo- joining up with ray stark's company rastar new world pictures which is a much greater indicator of what kind of movie revenge is came on to produce this now roger corman did not own new world anymore at this point but does the stench of roger corman remain oh man yeah i mean that's a very fine Fine aroma. Oh, it's like a stinky cheese. It's a great stench. (laughs) It's tremendous. But yes, yes. The the vibes remain. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so he taught Costner out of directing it. Interestingly enough, Costner's very next project was Dances with Wolves. Mm. So everything turned out all fine fine for old Kev. (laughs) Yeah, he got his cachet he needed. But he was still really interested in playing the role of Michael J. J. Cochran, (laughs) retired (laughs) U.S. Navy aviator. And they brought in Tony Scott, who was looking to do something a little more down and dirty, a little something more up his alley, especially Mm -hmm. after the very, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, the extraordinary like kind of commercial experience of Beverly Hills Cop 2. And he Mm -hmm. had some Hollywood cachet, so he could kind of um, see where things go with his kind of tastes, which, you know, and the special features on the Blu-ray, he said that when he passes away, he wanted to be known as one of the true wild men of Mm -hmm. his era. God bless you, Tony. You did it. You are a true wild man, because with Revenge, he engages in all of the nasty behavior that the world of Simpson and Bruckheimer and their four quadrant appealing to everyone type movies (laughs) would not let him do yes one of the hardest arm rated movies of the era oh my god yeah (laughs) out of doubt and the film was released february 16th 1990 there was some confusion ray stark was very concerned
2: this Mm.
0: film and the content bothered him he was a little scared but film was budget twenty two million, made only fifteen point three at the box office. A disappointment. Wow. At the box office. Uh thirty-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh oh. Damn. Um novelist Jim Harrison said they pretty much shot the novella. I was so swept away by it that I cried. I really did, and I'm not known for crying. So that's an unusual that's cool. thing. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's
1: like usually, I feel like most authors are usually really mad with how the film's turn out. So.
0: Yeah, um, Vincent Camby, who's not, who we know loves to go after shit. Yeah, he'll, he'll tear you a new one. will <laughs> tear you a new one. Describe the film as soft and aimless. The performances are without conviction. God damn, mean. Uh, Mean man. uh, (laughs) Ebert gave it two and a half. uh, Plays like a showdown between its style and its story. Movie quickly, especially in the wake of Dances with Wolves, especially in the wake of um, Madeline Stowe's Continues Rise as a Star and doing other films, quickly kind of drifted away into the ether of basic cable purgatory yeah until ray stark died ooh, and this was in the early 2000s and tony scott was able to get his grubby little fingers <laughs> on the con the final copy of the film now ray stark's complaint wasn't that the movie was too explicit Right. It was that it was consistently too explicit. So, in the version you watched, Patrick, that clocks in at a pudgy, hundred and twenty-four minutes.
1: Yeah, flabby. It's like a regular norm walking up a hill. There are a lot
0: of sequences that Tony Scott described as kind of nervousness that things weren't playing. So, over-explanations, dialogue scenes, further character points, details, etc., etc. Tony's original goal. Was to make something just so intense, so wild, so nonstop that it almost becomes a surreal piece of grindhouse psychedelia. Ah, okay. So the version I watched, the Blu ray that's currently available, is the director's cut that only runs 104 minutes. Ooh, if I want that, I need 20 that. Only cut 20 minutes out of the picture. To me, I barely knew what the hell was going on when I was (laughs) watching it, but it was so, like, down to the core, like, Mm -hmm. exploitation, like, grindhouse exploitation, like, sex and violence and bad behavior, and, like, the purest gut emotional reactions to things, Mm. that you're like, is this stupid... Or is this like the last stand of like the Rolling Thunder track down style 70s movies?
1: Gotcha. Uh, yeah, it loses that with the, and I'll say this for the theatrical cut, I think. And, it, and I need to like, you know, obviously watch the uh, Blu-ray director's cut at some point. But it's, yeah, it would have, I think this movie would have benefited from a, sh- a shorter runtime. Because there are, like, these lulls, and because the characters aren't, like, because here's the deal, like, Madeline Stowe is great in this movie, Kevin Costner's great in this movie, their relationship really isn't, like, it's kind of like Tom Beringer, where it's, like, I guess, like, Kevin Costner's, like, just thinking downstairs as opposed to upstairs.
0: Uh-huh. That's and, as I mean... much as it goes. <laughs> Admittedly, um, 1990 Madeline Stowe is. Was probably in, like, the top three most beautiful people
1: Yeah, will so. uh, uh, we'll go We'll go text savory noises, but, of yeah. course, yes.
0: Yeah, ladybugs. <laughs> well, ladybugs is walking by.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, I just watched that for the, the Rodney Dangerfield quips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, like, uh, and, like, I mean, and I think they, like, they are trying to, like, provide backstory and justification in the theatrical, like, did they have that? There's a part in this movie where, like, In the theatrical release, I don't know if it's in years where like Anthony Quinn's character is like, I have twelve sons already,
0: but not not really.
1: Oh yeah, see that's the thing. It's like they try to like, they have all these moments where they like try to like, kind of like justify, perhaps why this character would want to be with this character, and that is they don't go. Far enough because it's not. That's not the type of movie that Tony wanted to make. Clearly, I
2: will
0: tell you this: and it wasn't until I read Ebert's review that I even knew how Kevin Costner knew Anthony Quinn.
1: Yeah, they yeah they provide that. Yeah, it's crazy. In
0: the director's cut, it is barely provided at all. That would be better. Why did you retire from what? Why did you go to this guy's? Why does this guy love you so much? Well, who, the, cares, who cares. And
1: the re- the reason yeah. so because in the movie, the reason so convoluted. It's like yeah. you know, I saved him in Alaska. It's like what?
0: Yeah, and <laughs> not, like I, I read that Evers review. I'm like, huh. Okay, <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs>
1: that's not enough, though. That's not a justification that does not
0: make. So we should get to the basics of the story here before we dive in further on some of these deets. Yeah. Um, movie opens. Kevin Costner is a fighter pilot. He's a. Uh, is he Joker? Is his is that his uh, call sign? Maybe it is. I think it is. Um, oh, wow. It. it they. The. He might as well have just been a lost pilot from Top Gun.
2: Like oh, his, totally. The way
0: these are done, and he's behaving in a very maverick kind of way he's yeah. a bit of a showboat
2: uh, here's
0: yes. yeah here's the deal Yeah, my biggest actual issue with this movie <laughs> I think Kevin Costner's miscast. Thank you um, yeah and I, you, you will hate it when I tell you my alternate casting because it's oh, not no. a very popular person Mel Gibson.
1: That's fair I don't <laughs> yeah. hate it I don't hate it I get, I get where that's coming from 1990
0: Mel Gibson yeah Like, we don't know a wild man in the world. You need a guy who's like got some sexual energy. You need a guy who's got some energy at all. And like, Costner's like too laconic. And he's not dangerous. He's not like, like, who's the other? Like, Kurt Russell was another alt I thought of. Uh, Tom Cruise actually could have been interesting. Yeah. Like, Uh, frankly.
1: Yeah, I do think um, when he is uh, riding the plane and his sidekick, or not a sidekick, his like backup guy in the, I guess it's not the gunner's seat, I don't know exactly, the mm-hmm. right nomenclature, the line he says uh, before they like, you know, uh, do a nosedive almost into the earth or whatever uh, is uh, spare me? I had a mahaka burrito for breakfast. You know, okay. alluding I mean, to
0: it. He, he's like fifty-five-year-old co-pilot. Yeah,
1: he's fifty-five. That's, I just want to say. I just wanted to say that line because I'm pretty sure that's going to be the thing yeah. I say before I die when someone like <laughs> puts a gun to Costner, my face.
0: Co- Costner's also too old.
1: Oh yeah, he's like too.
0: Well, he, the problem with Costner
1: is even like even in his twenties he looked forty.
0: Yeah. Which he's is little, like he's got he's got way too much dad energy to play a swing and dick guy. Yeah. Who um who could score with a woman like this. He perpetually like, who, who doesn't really have to make too many moves to score with her. Yeah, it just kind of happens. I mean
1: he perpetually looks like a dude who stars in Mike Binder movies. Like the, yeah. yeah, he's like in weird romance sort of romantic comedies like he can't do like this like he can't do uh this type of swagger is not like Tom Berenger would have been more believable.
0: Yeah, but you gotta get you gotta get a guy who's like I don't buy Kevin Costner taking the risk no in this movie either. Like a guy who will be like, Shit, yeah, I'll do that. It's like, uh Kevin is a little too grounded of a guy. Yep. And um He's too salt of the earth. And I and I like Kevin. I want to make it very clear. I like Kevin Costner. Oh, you're real. Like, I'm, I'm a Kevin Costner fan, but yeah. um, I like him in the Untouchables. It's like the stick in the mud guy who has to get a little dirty. Hmm. You know, who'd be great, Andy Garcia. Ooh, he could
1: have been interesting. I like. Yeah, there's so many fun. Or God, Richard I, I,
0: Richard Gere. Yeah,
1: yeah, I I long for the Jack Nicholson version of this movie. That would have yeah. been
0: incredible. You because this movie is a tragedy. It's a tragedy about a bad decision, yes that it d- defined by lust mm-hmm. and you don't see Kevin Costner as a very lusty guy
1: that's yeah, that is like my big gripe is that like it just it feels the initial um relationship feels unfortunately kind of forced because it you it has to happen so that the movie uh-huh. can continue and they don't and I feel like they never kind of lay the proper. And it'd be so easy to lay the proper groundwork by establishing, like, you know, the main well, you, character's horny. or like well, you yeah. don't
0: need to, yeah. And I think, like... But, yeah, he just seems like a guy going to Mexico in a Hawaiian shirt with his dog. Yeah. Like, he wants to not, go to Senior Frogs, not to a broccoli. Yeah. And I think, like, you know another guy? Um, Val Kilmer. Would have been interesting in the role.
1: I think Val Kilmer would have been so... Yeah. Although that being said, when the movie shifts into you know high gear in the latter half, I I like Kevin Costner as that as the focused on. I'm gonna well, do what well, I gotta do, like that. He, he can do the
0: he can do the violence stuff, yes, a bit, you know, and like cowboy kind of stuff. But I was thinking about too, like um, and we'll talk about it in a month or two. I couldn't help but think of the counselor. When watching this movie, just because yeah. the Mexico stuff and kind of the mm-hmm. the grimness yeah. of it all, this does but feel very
1: Cormac McCarthy.
0: Yeah, well, you know, one thing that Cormac McCarthy's guys, the ba- that do that's so like tra- they like their tragic thing is that they don't think they're going to get their comeuppance
2: mm-hmm. ever,
0: and so like like Josh Brolin in No Country for All Men thinks he's going to get away with it. Until he's dead. I Until the moment he's shot, he thinks he's going to get away with it. He's got this, like, swaggering American confidence. Yeah. Michael Fassbender's character in The Counselor does not know how bad things are going to go until it's way too fucking light. Oh, but, no. And what a great... I, who doesn't love that story in movies? Or books yeah. or whatever? Like, it always works. That morality play of the cocky guy who does not know that they're way over their head i just want
1: i just watched uh funny pages the other night uh which i think was produced by like the or executively produced i can't remember if it's produced or executed by the safety brothers and it has like a lot of their energy in it and And that movie's just a great example of like a character the lead of that movie doesn't realize how much he screwed up until like things go horribly mm -hmm. (laughs) wrong
0: it's like sandler and gems yes perfect example there too as well
1: Sh- shatterford is like uh like this the spice of sense like it's like the be- one of the best things you can show in cinema easily yeah and i don't
0: think i felt it too much with jay no a- and uh, i yeah. think that and you know but going back to top that's also a theme that can fall into the world of being pretentious and tony scott has no interest in that this movie's called revenge yeah, Does it, like even the title is in on not pretentious. It's exactly what it is.
1: I th- yeah, I think you just need to view this movie. It's maybe it's like you have to view this movie like a machine. Yeah, that's providing you like you know the thrills that you want.
0: It, that's it. Well, the idea is it's it's providing thrills. It's just goes like there's no moment to sit back and you're not gonna walk out of the theater. Man, it really makes you think.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: you're gonna walk out like that was crazy can you believe he fucked her in a jeep <laughs> like you know <laughs> yeah exactly can you
1: believe like they had sex while he was anthony quinn was doing his weird dance yeah
0: like <laughs> the, can you believe like, like he punched out that brothel owner
1: yes or <laughs> that god that was crazy or that like john like he... was
0: in that sand trap
1: or, or just James Gammon's character, the arc yeah. that character goes on, how he's just, like, he's just cool. And like, at one point, Kevin Costner's like,
0: killed I that killed. Guy. Yeah, I killed. And he's like, all right, partner. <laughs> Let us throw in the bathroom. I'm no longer wearing a shirt because my shirt got ruined by blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then,
1: like, you know, the next, I love, one thing I do love is that they never explain why james gammon is so fucked up in the he,
0: like it's that and the fact that he seems to be in some very illegal horse trade yeah there's so it's much. Awesome. Yeah, it's actually quite awesome that actually rolls.
1: see that that's that's the type of like leaving it to your you know because there's i think there's like the type of like um you know ambiguity that can be frustrating for a movie and then there's a the type of ambiguity that is almost like a spice that like allows you to like think like what the fuck where did this guy come from what's his like you know that leads to like interesting speculation and i think that
0: that this movie has that in the space i think that there's like this element like we were talking about earlier like tony scott gets into the directing game commercial directing game because ridley tells him he can get a ferrari like fast yeah all tony really wants to do is drive around really fast with a pretty girl riding shotgun in his Ferrari.
1: He really wants to just live his beer commercials. He wants <laughs> yes. To, yes. Yeah. he wants
2: to yeah.
0: Yeah, that's the entertainment he's into. As that's like what he wants to see. He wants visceral, nonstop thrills. There mm. is like the word boring, at least in the director's cut of this movie, yeah. Does not exist. Mm-hmm. So basically, we should get at it. So Kevin Costner retires from the U.S. Navy. Top Gun, t- you're going to Top Gun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> out of Top Gun, sir. Yeah, he's going out of Top Gun. I'm out of here. I'm not good. <laughs> What are you going to do after that? The, you know, the at the end of Top Gun. What do you think about doing next, Mav? Teaching. Top Gun. What do you think doing? What do you think about doing next, Jay? Going into Mexico to cuck my friend. <laughs> yeah, to cuck my my Pablo Escobar esque friend. Yeah, like, we don't know. So. This, the, this friend is, of course, Tibby Mendes. Ah, oh, Tibby! Businessman, <laughs> prime lord. Man of culture. Man of culture. man. Played who by will... the legendary Anthony Quinn. Well, he's, he's great in the movie. He's, he's actually great. He's yeah, great. he's terrific in the film. Uh, uh, Jay drives down to Mexico with his golden retriever who, boy bad vibes from the jump on that dog oh no yeah like oh this movie's called revenge and this guy's got a dog
1: yeah uh-oh <laughs> uh, then there's another another dog scene
0: lo- dog lovers of the world are like oh yeah <laughs> red fly- red flags going up <laughs> well
1: the- i like i texted you a I, I sent you that vi- i had to show you the video of that
0: dog moment yeah because you you Anthony missed when grabs a dog by the scruff and just in pool.
1: Yeah, all for uh, for the the crime of nuzzling at his at uh, Costner. Kevin Costner's jacket.
0: Yeah, Kevin Costner. Okay, so they go down there. We find out in the in the extended version, not so much in the director's cut, that um, somehow they were on a hunting trip. God only knows how they were together on said hunting trip. Doesn't matter <laughs> in the slightest. I mean, it's stupid, it's so but uh, somehow. Costner and this old man end up on a hunting trip together. Costner saves his life, so now Costner is basically Tibby's son. Yeah, and um, comes down. Costner gives him his Top Gun jacket, his cool Top Gun jacket. Tibby is like the richest man in the world, but this is the greatest gift. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Uh, But on the way in, Jay meets Miria Mendez, Tibby's Mm -hmm. wife, played by the lovely and talented Madeline Stowe. Um, Costner's like got the Tex Avery eyes from from the fucking jump.
1: He he (laughs) is like full on doing like
0: big old eyeballs. (laughs)
2: And,
0: you know, know, to her credit, she's meeting him with the same thing. She thinks he's a total hunk too. Oh, she's Um, doing the
1: same thing. She also has Tex Avery eyes.
0: But outside of Tibby, Every single person who works for Tibby's massive organization can tell they have the hots for each other yeah. from the jump.
1: <laughs> well, it's also because, like, and I don't know if this is in the uh, the uh, director's cut, but in the theatrical cut, they give this intro, this convoluted, where it's like, yeah, I'm like the daughter of like Tibby's friend. Like they almost describe it like it's a Game of Thrones sort of thing.
0: Yeah, they they cut to the chase again. They just want to they like Tony. Is to wants to go against Ray Stark's advice, and basically every five minutes, he wants a steaming hot sex scene or somebody getting shot in the head. Which is, like, that's <laughs> the way
1: you need to go with this movie. Like you That don't is
0: the to... way you need to go with this movie. Because,
1: yeah. like, yeah, it, you don't need to give, like, a weird justification. Like, we get it. He's rich. Yeah. That's why. There Who we cares? go. He's Done. rich. Yeah. He's a
0: babe. He's a hunk. Done. Done. <laughs> yeah, Done. they're all dangerous.
1: <laughs> yeah, math. That's the math. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Locations cool, <laughs> costumes cool. <laughs> you know? Squips, we've got squips. Yeah, we got tons of squibs. <laughs> we've sold everybody on this. Everybody's like, "This sounds pretty good." <laughs> yeah, it's now.
2: I-
1: I'm like, you see, God, I'm like getting, I'm getting, I'm getting back on board pumped.
0: with this. Uh, you know, and um, so basically, you know, they're hanging out, they're having a good time, they're the best of friends, but pretty, pretty rapidly. Uh, Madeline and Kevin are like hooking up in some pretty pretty steamy, pretty steamy sequences. Uh, Tony loves his drapes, and he mm-hmm. loves. She throws a dove at one point in the movie. It's got everything. It really does have <laughs> everything. Um, their first sex scene is intercut with Tippy drunk as hell doing some like weird one man dance. Um, <laughs> Just Kevin the weirdest Costner dance. Throws a rack of clothes um in a in sexual frustration or sexual uh ecstasy perhaps um they come up with this scheme about her having to go visit family or so or friend or something like that um total amateur hour that they're calling each other on their regular phones (sighs) in the house and stuff like what do you think is going on here
1: tibby's gonna find out
0: what is tibby's business by the way (laughs) evil Evil.
1: Yeah, he doesn't like unions. That's one thing. Yeah, and he uh, likes he likes controlling
0: the government as a shadow, as a puppet master. Yeah. Um, he's a does, Who knows? He's rich. He's powerful. He shoots people in the head. He's a crimesman. Uh, he's a crimesman. He's a, he's a crimesman. Um, she's not getting on that plane though to go to the family. She's hopping in a jeep to go to a love shack with Costner, leading to a truly extraordinary sequence where they start graphically groping each other mm. in the Jeep until she finally decides I'm going to straddle you as you're driving 45 miles an hour down this road. Crazy, truly insane. It's uh, it's good. It's good because like we were saying about boring versus Thief of Hearts. It's crazy. Yes! What would you rather see in a movie? Something that made sense? Of course it doesn't make sense. He's driving that fast down the road in a Jeep hmm. while she's humping him. No! Is it wild and something you haven't seen before and crazy and fun? Absolutely. It's cool! Yeah, That's it's cool. Fun. <laughs> it's cool and it's fun. It's crazy. And you're like, wow, they don't do that in movies these days. I yeah, like it. <laughs> you don't see
1: Baby Groot doing that with fucking, I don't know, the Lady raccoon, Groot.
0: Which is yeah. crazy. That was very, really, very wild stuff there. <laughs> the <laughs> raccoon. Hey, I would... If, the,
1: if, they, if they got the raccoon to fuck the tree, I would... I'd pay there's for a ticket. There,
0: there's gotta be a porn parody of guardians of the galaxy oh I yeah just, oh 100
1: they're all they've all oh god there was a guy who we di- had for a sweet dalai lama show where like his bit was like he would just do like erotic marvel fan fiction and it was the funniest yeah it's very good i need to remember that guy's name i'll look yeah, him up i, at I was page. always
0: like i always like the like um my favorite porn parody title ever was um Somebody, for some reason, parodied one of the Jack Ryan books. It was A, a Clear and Pleasant Stranger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's good. Uh, see, that's like, yeah, that'd be like a, a, um, a parody. What think,
0: what you, what's the most unlikely porn parody, do you think?
1: Uh,
0: the Firm. The Firm? It's The Firm. <laughs> the firm. It's just the firm. <laughs> I was thinking, it's like Ordinary People. Except it's just like a little bracket next to it that just says fucking. (laughs) And that's the the fourth title. (laughs) Anyway. Their love retreat sorely interrupted Mm. by Anthony Quinn and his goons. Mm. They beat the shit out of Costner. Oh, it's,
1: it is great. They, the level of by beat up they are is
0: nuts. They scrap a squib. Tony's, Tony straps a squid to the golden retriever. <laughs> no! Tony! <laughs> so with a shotgun.
2: That is truly like one and of the like, most distressing yeah,
0: things. That's really distressing, but I'm kind of impressed about the whatever like gag you guys did to get that pull. That off. I, hope, I hope you did not really shoot a dog, because it looked yeah. good. It <laughs> looked, I, I hope that Doug had to, got to have a little bit of filet. And um, they they give Madeline Stowe to half Joker, which is not pleasant with slasher face. Yeah, that that and, part is truly distressing. God goddamn, and it's I mean it's this gets to kind of the queasier mm-hmm. stuff of this movie, which is the um, her <laughs> her characters treatment from here on out that's pretty bad (laughs) Um, and it's also though it's like and i watched the interviews with her on the blu-ray and she seems very proud of this movie and like very cool with it which i was happy to hear and she thought working with tony was very safe and exciting and fun and kevin was a very fun experience but i think these days i think you would ask an actress a little bit about what they went through (laughs) on, on a movie like this i would would you agree
1: yeah, I would agree so. I mean, like... On, like, one hand, like... I bet, like, there is, like, a cool thing for Madeline. Sto- I can imagine she's like, wow, my character really, like, goes to a dark place that, like, you don't really, like... Like, you don't see, like, a lot of, like, actors get, like... Even, like, male actors get that level of, like, messed up that she gets in this movie.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: that being said, it is super... Well, mean, uh, she
0: spends the first 45 minutes of this movie as like a pure sex machine sex yeah. plot character, yeah. and the last 45 minutes
1: Maybe the saddest character ever
0: Saddest and being just tortured until, and I'm going to spoil it right here because this is nuts, and you're not going to expect this sentence from me <laughs> She dies of AIDS
1: It's fucking it's crazy.
0: crazy It's it is crazy
1: It is too, it's like movie,
0: calm down it is like a on little a hat, hat. It, it is a little hat on hat. but at the same time, like the maximalist melodrama that Tony's looking for in this film, mm-hmm. it's kind of there, but it's just crazy. it's just like it makes what happens to Kevin Costner seem like just a day out with the boys,
1: yeah, that and is true. That is true. although like
0: there's but there's also like some very interesting, emotional and kind of subversiveness of why Anthony Quinn would want to torture his wife far more than he'd want to torture the guy who cucked him. Oh, duh. And that's interesting. Yeah. There's there's some levels there. For sure. Because he (laughs) he seems to love Kevin far more than he loves Madeline.
1: A hundred. Well, like, yeah. Like, I think, yeah, like, like I said, I think in the movie they establish, yeah, it's like I've been married like seven times and I have like, you're just kind of like the wife I have because I need a wife. That's essentially yeah. kind of how he
0: like spells is he it out. Romantically interested in Costner or just a son. father son. You know
1: what? I think uh, and I'm the first one who will be on the romantically interested train. I think Pretty it is curious. I think it's more. I think it is more father son.
0: Yeah. Um, And I think that's why the director's cut cutting all of his family backstory and just having him needing a son.
1: Yeah, because that, yeah, it is kind of perplexing that, like, Kevin Costner is like a son, even though he's like, I have 12 sons already. Like, that's like, that's a lie he says. And you're Uh, like, oh, we never get to see any of those 12 sons. That's a bummer.
0: You know what would have been an interesting guy is if you replace his bodyguard with one of his sons who's super jealous
1: yes! of his
0: relationship with Kevin. Make That's th- an f- easy fix right there.
1: Make Thomas Milan the son. The- and he's a
0: loser. He's a loser. Yeah. Kevin's way cooler than him.
1: Yeah. And well, and the th- also, I think, and I don't know if this is in the director's cut, or, uh, but I think they also imply that he has like a mistress too, at a certain point that he's yeah, like there's seeing. There's no for that. Yeah. It's very weird. It's like, yeah. Why are you? cheating on Madeline Stowe. It's very yeah, odd. Um
0: you're not doing you're not going to do better. Hate to yeah. tell you. Hate to tell you Tibby. <laughs> I don't
1: know. Tibby, Tibby is just a yeah,
0: but uh but I, he's I, like he he's played so well because Anthony Quinn could have played him as a real one-note heel. Mm-hmm. But he's actually quite interesting and complicated.
1: Yeah. And he's like, yeah, and I, well, and I think it's one of those things where he's like um I think they established him as kind of like a man of passion mm-hmm. and he dances oh yes he dances and i think he realizes at the end of the movie that he perhaps went a little too far i think that's we'll see, you know we'll, we'll... yes so <laughs> yeah.
0: basically what follows is after the cruel and brutal beatdown of mm-hmm. all of our heroic characters um madeline stowe is taken away and put into a brothel to uh, i'm not gonna repeat Anthony Quinn says it's not worth it. Um, yeah, it's not great. But it's not great. It's yeah, not great. It's very, it's quite cruel. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, Kevin Costner is just left to die in the desert. Yep. Fortunately, Kevin bumps into some nice locals.
1: Yep. A classic trope. I like. I always like this trope. I, I,
0: me too. Who doesn't yeah. like it? Yeah. Who? You know, it works. Yeah, yeah. I buy it every time, even though. Yeah. It's- <laughs> totally, actually, totally unrealistic. No, oh,
1: totally, un- <laughs> uh, totally unrealistic. But it's also like, oh, this is like a nice reminder it's that cool. like, well,
0: I mean, you gotta watch your hero kind of like fix themselves up and get back into game shape.
1: And the makeup they give his face yeah. is just so like nasty.
0: Costner on the special feature said he almost got permanently scarred from it because basically all the locations were way out in the middle of nowhere, so he had to wear, he had to wear the makeup like nonstop.
1: Oh my god. Because
0: they just didn't have the gear and like the resources to do much about it. And so, but he was like, I'm committed to the character. I'm committed to Jay. Um, Kevin is nurse back to health, and guess what he has on his mind, folks? Mm-hmm. Revenge. Oh. he wants mm-hmm. to find his lady who he loves, which I don't again. I think like all these movies really overuse and really speed up love. Yes. It's. It seems to me it's lust, from from a guy who was not thinking.
1: I yeah, that would have been a I think a truer, darker. Yeah, movie, but, and maybe that's like the Nicholson version of the movie. See, that's the, the yeah, because with Kevin Costner, you can't believe him to be. That's the that's the problem that that you run into with this movie is like yeah, Kevin Costner's well, like, a little miscast.
0: You think about like Chinatown at the end of Chinatown mm-hmm. when. John Houston's cackling with his daughter granddaughter slash daughter mm-hmm. as Faye Dunaway's dead in the in the driver's seat of the car and Jack Nicholson has just got this wife to look on his face like oh no <laughs> and, and like that's the ending you kind of watch of this movie of like oh this is so much worse <laughs> than I ever would have imagined oh Stan no Nicholson's guy. Is the same way. He thinks he has everything under control in Chinatown. Yeah. The last three minutes of Chinatown, when everything comes crashing down. And that's why the final line works so well to forget it, Jake, it's Chinatown. It's like, this shit's beyond you, man. Walk yeah. away. Yep. Like, that's your best option is just to walk away a gutted man
2: at this point. <laughs> <sighs>
0: what a what. Yeah, I mean, and that's why that's movie's a that damn so uncle classic. Yeah, that's a masterpiece true, of true grim darkness. Um, un- you know, and revenge is a fun romp.
1: Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like you're following. You get to follow Kevin Costner so, on an insane adventure.
0: What becomes after this is kind of episodic as he tries to um check off the list to track down Madeline Stowe and kill Tibby. Mm. Uh, along the way, he after he meets the nice locals, he runs into. The Texan James Gammon, a <laughs> guy with uh, probably the worst cinematic case of tuberculosis at the very least that, I, but this side <laughs> of Doc Holliday and Tombstone, yeah, um, that I've ever seen. But he's like cool, and like he doesn't he doesn't even blink when Costner's like, I slit this guy's throat in the bathroom.
1: <laughs> he's like, I hey, have a ride with me, buddy. <laughs> That's all good. I don't care. You know, <laughs> what in
0: Mexico? This is what happens to Whistler if he never meets Blade. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Didn't pan out. Didn't it, pan out. It, you know, it I pan thought out for me, I got in the worst trade. But you know, I smoked too many cigarettes, and know, my lungs turned to goop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, hair
1: metal came, and they just—you know—I did not fit the vibe of Rat or Winger. Yeah, uh,
0: you know, I just didn't buy what they were selling. I tried spandex. I you know, I wore the spandex. I'll be honest. I did it. I did did it. it.
1: I think 38 Special will come back. They're gonna come back one day.
0: Southern Rock will never die. (laughs) Southern Southern Rock will never die. But unfortunately, James Cameron does. (laughs) (laughs) He just dies. His character dies, Uh, leaving Kevin Costner with um one of my favorite tropes that we've been talking about all weekend. Cool guy, red convertible, Mm. which uh, every action movie the cool guy, red convertible they all have to have one yeah
1: they also he also makes a sweet like Karen for James Gaiman for the techy He do, like he, you know he doesn't bury him but he he gets like a bunch of rocks and yeah, covers yeah, he him does, in rocks yeah
0: he does make make a little altar but this is um then he meets up with Sally Kirkland who is a touring rock star
1: oh she's a fun character
0: and then showing up at his door inexplicably doesn't yeah of uh, the barest of backstory is Miguel Ferrer's Amador, who really takes over the movie in the third act.
1: I I genuinely thought he would like betray, like the whole time I was. I, like, I, I've, I've been trained to think Miguel Ferrer Ferrer is evil. He's like a rad,
0: cool number two guy in a crew in this yes, movie.
1: Yes, he's great in this movie, yeah. and he like, he just kind of comes out of nowhere to help Kevin.
0: And he's got a silent cousin, Ignacio. Oh, he's played by John Leguizamo, incredibly young John Leguizamo. But this goes to show Tony's amazing casting ability. Like, everyone is well cast in this movie, except for Kevin. But, you know, I think Kevin came with the package.
1: Yeah, he had to to work with Kev.
0: (laughs) I don't think Tony had much of a say in dropping Kev. Um, And all this, you know, it's a total bloodbath. As the these three guys just storm Mexico,
1: God, yeah,
0: looking for Madeline and getting ready to kill Anthony Quinn. Um, we've briefly spoiled it, but we'll leave the rest to the listeners to see how things pan out between Kevin and Anthony Quinn. At the very least, it's a fun. It, I think watch the director's cut. That's my big recommendation. I Four minutes doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense, but it's very cool to watch. Um, you know one thing we should note Quentin Tarantino believes this movie is Tony Scott's masterpiece
1: that's interesting does, does he, says I, know, he t-
0: I know why he does Oh, why? because this is a 70s exploitation movie gussied up with 90s movie stars and a slick 90s look but the story and what happens in it and the simplicity of it is tried and true grindhouse
2: for sure
0: which is one of the reasons why I really like it is that it, it does feel like this movie was unleashed like all of like the classy people and I mean Kevin Costner's next movie was Dances with Wolves like all of the classy Hollywood lips who are trying to like pat themselves on the back for being like good-hearted moral people sometimes accidentally let their true intentions come out in like a movie like Revenge yeah <laughs> like, and there is a place for these movies. Yes, like a nasty bit of business, and they do occasionally come out. You know, we've, um, you know, S. Craig Zahler was kind of dominating the market mm-hmm. with these. I don't think he I don't think he soft canceled. I just don't think anyone will give him any money anymore, except for the person who was canceled. Um,
2: mm, but you.
0: movies like um, Brawl on Cell Block 99. Which has a truly like evil spirit to it. Yeah, That's in a, the right ways. So I don't mean that as a negative.
1: No, totally. Or like, I feel like the Safety brothers kind of have a bit of this in them too. A little bit. I think that they care about their characters more.
0: Mm. Like they love Sandler in Gems. Gotcha. But I think that they, but I think that they do the right thing in how that movie ends too. They could have soft pedaled it, but they took it all the way, which That's, is what I think. What you're getting at a little bit too is like. You do need to take it all the way.
1: You gotta go all the way. I'm a hundred percent like you gotta you gotta go all in, or else, uh, or else justify why you don't.
0: I don't know. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, this movie's not perfect. Mm, yeah, by any means, but it knows what it is. It's not trying to be more than that. It's the sleek, sexy, ultra-violent, dark, mean-spirited movie. It's just a
1: mean it's a it's a real fucking grinch of a film. It is yeah. just like yeah, like it is and it's uh, yeah, like the main character he just yeah, he goes on a dark dark journey.
0: Well, he doesn't have any like he's not fighting for anything decent. And yeah, it's a truly dark journey. All he wants is like Okay, if we're going from the lust angle, all he wants is like sleep with her again. Yeah. Like which is not good. No. Like not a great not the greatest reason to go around Mexico slitting throats everywhere.
1: God, it is like insane. It is like it is like a Cormac McCarthy in the sense that like, yeah, this dude just feel feels like he can just get away with anything. It's a
0: very like um You know like people say Den of Thieves is dumb heat? Yeah. Revenge is like dumb Cormac McCarthy.
1: <laughs> That's a great it is, it is truly a stupid yeah. It's like, yeah, it is a stupid Cormac <laughs> McCarthy, like not not in a bad way. Oh no, like,
0: yeah, it's yeah. It, it, it's it's, it, it's super flawed, but a wild and like hell. They don't kids. They don't make them like this anymore. Kind of yeah, movie. no,
1: yeah, they're too busy jamming space and oh, and, uh, the, and yeah. the other
0: thing about this movie too is like this is a we mentioned before incredibly hard R movie for adults, which is cool.
1: It is very cool,
0: and which is why, like the softness of someone to watch Overman was a bummer. <laughs> like, yeah, if you're gonna go that like sleazy and have Behringer behave that dumb and sloppy, mm-hmm. then make the movie. Then make the movie sleazy.
1: Yeah, have him like actually yeah. like have like a saucy sex scene,
0: which actually brings us to the first movie we've run into that qualifies. Should Tony have directed it in release Ridley- this oh. new game that I'm inventing for Ridley Scott's um, filmography? Yeah. Should Tony have directed someone to watch over me? I think yes.
1: Yeah, it would have been a better movie. I agree yeah. with you, or at least it would have known like what
0: to do more. Would have been fun.
1: Yeah. Oh, think how crazy because, yeah. like you know, uh, the villain, one arm, he's, uh. I like how we just call him one arm. I can't remember his name. I don't. Sorry, Act
0: Andreas. Yeah. But uh, but uh, but uh, like it's the guy who plays Stifler in American Pie. It's like, well, i guy's or McLovin. He's just McLovin for the rest of his days.
1: He's, yeah, he is like the original. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if on the street, just people are like, oh, it's one arm. Yeah. Hope you, got looks like you found a new arm, buddy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Where you would you get that arm? Got that with the fugitive money? You got your <laughs> a new arm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did you Hey I, I it remember was
0: Tom you. Berenger In Someone to Watch Over Me Running into the actor Who plays The one arm man <laughs> Hey Why'd you get that <laughs> I was in a movie I, That was a movie We're, we're both oh, actors Why Tom. like A
1: movie's not real life <laughs> What the stupid Stupid oh, stupid
0: <laughs> And Deloria Brock was like Get in the car Tom <laughs> Yeah Gotta get your Son a new skateboard uh, That pr- You know Do you think he slipped On the skateboard Has hurt his head <laughs> Yeah, that's what <laughs> happens. Yes, I think I
1: think he comically. <laughs> that's
0: the backstory that Tony Scott like snuck into the editing room to cut from his brother's movie. <laughs> Not necessary.
1: Yeah, we don't need to know why he's such a yeah. nonce.
0: <laughs> I think what I was getting at earlier though is I do think revenge is like the your text for Tony Scott. Like this is him saying like making his mission statement that we see in movies like Man on Fire. In The Last Boy Scout, and Domino, et cetera, et cetera, to come. That he is mm. a wild man who loves, like, these crazed visuals. Everything's at it, amped up on speed on 10 at all times. Right. And what is the coolest thing in the movies? Like, movement. <laughs> that movement, if it contains sex or violence, even better. <laughs> yeah,
1: It's the, you know, it's like the, the George Lucas, uh, writing role like wasn't it like in when when he was like working on uh indiana jones with steven spielberg they were like something has to happen every five minutes yeah like that's like the thing yeah you just have to have like there has to be like something frenetic constantly happening yeah yeah or else what's yeah and
0: he's so good like if it's not in the script he's gonna manufacture it by like fucking doing a 360 move with the camera or like throwing some smoke everywhere or doves or the billowing curtains or cool, like music video within the movie kind of stuff. And he's like the ultimate stylist, but he's also the ultimate like um, popcorn man. Uh, How about that? He's the popcorn man. He's the popcorn man. Oh man. What a great,
1: he's like a, some sort of like, you know, some deity that like, you know, provides you with, um, you know, a bag of popcorn and a copy of, uh, <laughs> of God in 60 Seconds under your
0: pillow. Exactly. After yeah. you've lost a tooth or something. I don't know. <laughs> but he's. Um, I mean, it, as the 80s have ended, I do feel that Tony is winning currently, despite the fact Ridley still has a masterpiece in Alien that Tony has not topped. Yeah, Tony's I- consistent entertainment has been. I mean,. He's four for four when it comes just to pure entertainment. That's true.
1: I yeah. think you're, I think you're, I think you're onto something. I think it is like, yeah, I'd rather right now, if I was on an Island with only the Tony Scott movies or only the Ridley Scott movies, definitely only the Tony's right now.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's the time with watching top gun for the 50th time. There's worse things. <laughs> yeah. Beverly Hills cop too. That's a, yeah. that's a, that's a gentle romp. But um, as we mentioned, Revenge has become a bit of a cult item. Tarantino, huge fan, mm-hmm. and Tarant people of Tarantino's ilk really like this movie. It does have like its nasty spirit is kind of one of a kind, yes, in its own way. Um, but did not do well at the box office, which is not really a surprise. Um, all mm-hmm. things considered, for all of the titillation, it's not the most pleasant experience <laughs> either. Uh, it, but very entertaining, Pony. Unlike Ridley, who doubles down with his next movie, Pony comes home, his next film, into loving arms, back to, shall we say, the danger zone, Mm. into the loving arms of Jerry Bruckheimer, Don Simpson, and Tom Cruise in his next film, Days of Thunder.
1: Oh man, I'm excited.
0: You know, Days of Thunder was a massive movie in the Saunderson household growing up. We saw it dozens of times. <laughs> uh, and it is, the nickname is appropriate, Top Car. It is essentially Top Gun with race cars.
1: That's pretty good.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm excited.
0: I did read too, Tarantino believes it's the greatest race car movie ever made.
1: He's Ooh. so
2: he is
0: so in the bag, for he's Tony Scott. He's <laughs> yeah, he's just smitten with, smitten with the man.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, look, we were joking about like his love of Goodyear last yeah. week, but that he like the true love is for the the, the 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 gussied up the gussied up grindhouse of Tony the, Scott,
0: the, the people's champion, Tony Scott.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he knows what people want and it's
0: sex, blood, and violence. Yeah, sex blood violence. Good looking people, cool actors. Vehicles. Never going over two hours if you don't have to. Never. 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 <laughs> yeah, he's he his movies are a super fun time. They they're no like weird drawing room shall we do slog moments. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's no, like, yeah, and he's never, like, I don't know, he never, um, there's no, it never feels like he's, uh, in over his head with his movies. He knows what he wants to do, and he gets the job That's what I was
0: getting at with the voice thing. It's, like, all of his movies, it's, like, he does not go outside the box with, like, what he can do. And what he wants to, because he wants to do it like this. Yeah. It was, like, you know, there's no, like, Pearl Harbor, (laughs)
2: like, when
0: Michael Bay tried for an Oscar. Oh god! he couldn't get out of his own michael bay way
2: Mm -hmm. well
1: it's like how like (laughs) yeah none of that it's like i was having this conversation with cozy last night how like i feel like so many comedies nowadays feel like they have to be dramedies and have to have a deeper like meaning like um like you look at something like bojack horseman and how like season one of that was like it's a goofy comedy with a horse and then like by the end of bojack horseman it's like this really like Deeply sad, like, you know, yeah. dramedy.
0: Doesn't anyone just want to be funny?
1: That's exactly. Yeah. That, no one wants to be funny anymore. No one, everyone wants to fucking, everyone wants to feel like they're smart. That's the problem. Yeah. Everyone wants to be uh, That's uh, why fucking I watched like half of the new Rick and Morty and it's the same shit where like suddenly y- 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 don't give these fuckers depth. Fuck that no, shit. Make McRuber, me laugh.
0: McGruber, give us MacGruber Yes, thank one. you. Thank you. But yeah, <laughs> sorry for so- ranting like that. No, it makes sense. It was day, next week, we're talking Days of Thunder. It's yes. a one-movie one episode, because we got a lot... You'll have a lot to say. You will have a lot to say about Days of Thunder. Yes. We're going to go deep. We're going to deep dive into the Don Simpson book, because this is actually Ooh. ground zero of the downfall of um, Don Simpson. Oh, He's no. in it. We'll talk about it next week. He put himself in the movie. Oh, no. Our, oh, uh, truly at his peak lunatic behavior in a professional setting, not necessarily in the private
2: life, <laughs> but
0: um, but yeah, we have Days of Thunder, then the week after that, um, boy, we get even darker and sleazier with uh, Black Rain Ooh. and Tony Scott's The Last Boy Scout, oh, my which... Goodness. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen the last? Have you ever seen the last voice?
1: I, you know, it's so funny. Like uh, when my, um, uh, I saw like when I was moving, we I, I watched <laughs> like half of it with my family, and then we just had to like we we ended up like losing the other half in the in the process of like moving. Like we were like watching it in between like moving furniture and stuff like that. So I'm excited to like rewatch.
0: It's it, it's, it's it, you know we could put it with true romance and the fan and the kind of rough tony scott world and it's good it's 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 and black rain is just another we could finally talk about michael douglas in a true context oh my <laughs> so, god i'm excited
1: i'm excited because yeah. like i said yeah.
0: so many fun movies to come these were fun movies this week despite the someone to watch over me being a little bit of a disappointment
1: Ah. Uh, well it's it's a bummer that we're doing all these uh fun movies cuz i have to make this announcement i am ha- I'm, I'm retiring from uh the podcast uh i just got hired as a as a podcast this guy tibby oh, no. i was on a um, i was on a cruise with him and i saved it. he was choking he put a handful of caviar in his and he choked on the caviar and so you know I saved his and he was like oh I'm I, looking I, for I a I pop- saw
0: the pictures you guys did like a king of the world thing together.
1: Oh yeah we king of yeah. the world is great. I told him about the podcast and he was like oh that sounds he interesting. He discovered
0: Titanic and both liked it.
1: Yeah and he's like I, we, I could use a new podcast guy in my man's in uh, Puerto
0: Vallarta. Well I mean I understand just uh, I want to be clear though does he have like a really hot wife? Yeah well oh, just yeah. be careful. Just be careful. I mean, Take I the mean, lessons gonna, learned from it's revenge. Enough. It's
1: all good. I bring in my dog. I have my Jeep. It's gonna be I mean, I think the when you bring Tibby the dog would, t- Tibby would do nothing to a dog. Yeah, Tibby would do nothing to a dog. You distract <laughs> him. Also, I'm really bad at tennis, so I'm just gonna let him win a lot. It'll be like the muse. Like,
0: <laughs> oh nice callback.
1: <laughs> yes. It'll just, it'll just get hit by a tennis ball. He'll oh be like, why goodness. the fuck did I hire this guy?
0: These are fun. There's no iron lady in the mix here. Yeah, <laughs> it's all no trash. Iron.
1: It's all it's trash. It's all trash.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's all this is all Wendy's folks. All right. yeah. We will see y'all next week for Days of Thunder. <laughs> awesome. Ciao.
2: So I'm going to seek a certain girl I've had in my mind. Looking everywhere, haven't found her yet she's the big affair i cannot forget only girl i ever think of with